The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. How's it going, everybody? This is Micah Warren on G. Cobb in the House. G. will be joining us shortly. Uh, I am joined by GCobb.com contributor Bob Cunningham. And uh, Bob, how you doing tonight, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Good, there's a lot going on with the Eagles, obviously. Um, you were up there for much of the week. I was up there this past weekend. And uh, a lot of hope for this team uh, this off season. And then I think we've all seen some things, some good things, and there's some things we've seen at training camp where you kind of go, uh-oh. And I don't know that it's, it's probably too soon to be saying, uh-oh, yeah, and it is. But there are some things that, uh, that do concern you, the offensive line being one. So, why don't we start there? I mean, it's not entirely fair or even fair at all to judge this offensive line right now when you consider, you know, Sean Andrews is out, Peters has kind of been in and out. You've got guys playing out of position, backups in there. Even the starters haven't played together, let alone the backups and guys out of position. So we are seeing a lot of holes. I mean, not good ones, not as in nice hole they opened up, but that kind of, uh, you know, problems with the play, um, some false starts, some penalties. You know, what do you think about the offensive line? What did you see so far at camp this week uh, at the, the offensive line, good and bad? What did you see? Well, bad, uh, I think you see they are moving way too much on, uh, on a line. They're getting real jittery and moving a lot of false starts. In fact, uh, Jean Gillis was in there at, at guard. I think it was right guard, but, you know, it's really of no consequence either way. But uh, he flinched, and, and Reed had enough took him out for a play and put a backup in, uh, said something along the lines of, you know, you keep moving, you're not going to be in there at all. So Reed's getting a bit sick of it. I think uh, that's a big problem, you can tell. And that, that comes from uh, the lack of continuity along the lines there. Like I said, it was Gene Gillis running with the first guys. So that's, that shows you the problem right there. He's, he's a backup. But, yeah, but he, uh, less of a, he, he does have less of an excuse, though. He, he played you know, a good part of the season last year. Do you think part of that's why Reed was upset was that you're not the one I'm expecting this from? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think with Reed, he expects so much out of his linemen. It could have been uh, a rookie guy in there, and he still would have, would have hollered at him the same way probably because he expects so much out of his guys because, you know, that's the offensive line. He played the offensive line, so I think the – that uh, those are his guys. Yeah, and his tolerance level is low because, you know, in 1999 when he first came in, he's turning around a 3-13 and team. You know, you're dealing with what you got there. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, whereas this is not – this is a team that is expected to contend for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, he's less patience than ever because, you know what, he knows he's on the clock too. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's not uh, – his job isn't, you know, it's secure for now, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Uh, 
Uh, and do you sense that, too, that, you know, even Reed is kind of looking at this like, uh, hey, guys, we're all playing for our jobs here? Yeah, see, I think the problem with, uh, with coaching is usually coaches don't go into their last year of a contract. He's in the second-to-last year. Usually, you know, if you fail in the second-to-last year of your contract, that's when you get canned. They usually don't, don't let guys run into their last season. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe he feels that he feels that a little. Now, I mean, let's say, you know, they go, they finish second in the, in the NFC East, maybe 9-7, and 10-6 and six again. Does Reed get fired? I don't think, I don't think Lurie's going to do that. I think it would take a monumental meltdown for Reed to get the ax. But, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think more than uh, job security, it's, I think Reed is sick of getting that close and, and failing. He's sick of NFC Championship games. He's sick of uh, not winning. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He got to do it as an assistant. He wants to do it as a head coach, and I think he sees that this is the best opportunity for this team, so he's really cranking it up on them. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, one of the guys we've heard so much about that for once something positive but I don't think anyone's going to believe it really until they see him doing the game. Winston Justice supposedly has a little bit of life in his legs, uh, which we really haven't seen. He's been a colossal bust. I mean, if he was worth anything, they don't get Jason Peters because he'd be the heir apparent to Trey Thomas. So they got him at right tackle now, and he looks better. Do you have any confidence whatsoever that he can continue that in a game situation, or is he just doing this to keep his job? No, I think he can do it in a game situation. I had actually written uh, for the site about, uh, you know, this puppy can bite, referring, of course, to Hugh Douglas's uh, now infamous quote about justice. He's, he's a, a meaner kind of guy. He's cranking it up to a point that we've never seen from justice. I mean, he even got into a fight, and all you could see was at the top of the pile justice throwing swings. And uh, I, I, we've seen him kind of do it in a game against Buffalo a couple of years back, playing right tackle. I think right tackle is where he belongs. That's what he played in college. Uh, I think as a right tackle, he's a viable backup. Right, backup, exactly. So now you have to look at, at Sean Andrews being out. And at what point, I know he's hurt, and I know back injuries, and boy, they're incapacitating. It's terrible. I can't even sit up out of bed if my back's bad, let alone play football at the NFL level. So I understand that. But he had kind of the mental problems before. You wonder to what degree does this guy even care about playing football? And it's not a knock on the guy. Not everybody wants to do it. Not everybody has that fire. At some point, at what point are you concerned that this guy might not have the drive to even play? I mean, that's a very big difference between having Sean Andrews at tackle, who, you know, all world guard, we know that. And he's probably got the athleticism to play tackle. That's what they brought him in here for, was to be running there, apparent. Uh, at what point? Are you concerned that, I mean, it's a completely different line with him out there. Are you ever concerned that at some point this guy just, he just doesn't have the drive for it? Uh, this year. I think he's got to show it this year um, to, uh, to really be considered the starter. I think if he falters this year, you know, is injured and, and has to be replaced this year, I think you keep him. Now, I'm not going to get on the tr- trade Sean Andrews board or whatever, cause, uh, well, mainly because he's incredibly cheap and has unbelievable upside if he, can get, if he can get it right mentally. But I think you still look at him as a starter this year if uh, the same things happen where he's getting injured all the time and, you know, you can tell he's just not quite into it. I think you've got to go in next year looking at him as a backup and a guy who uh, maybe needs to ride the pine for a little before it clicks 
that uh, whether he wants to play football or not. Uh, I think that's an awfully expensive back backup, though. I mean, I don't. Yeah, he's a decent price for a starting guy, but I don't know that Joe Banner is going to be happy with that kind of money on the bench, um, especially when he means so much to the team. I don't, I don't know if you can have him as a backup. And and what I was saying before about his drive, if, if it's true he doesn't care about really playing football, he might be thrilled to be a backup. You know, maybe he'd be fine with that. You know, do sure. you think he, I'll just sit and collect a check? Do you think you, do you think you trade him? I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, his value would go down. It's just, it's such a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and he signed through what twenty thirteen, I think, or maybe even twenty fifteen. I I think it might be. Uh, I think he's making even less than a million this year. Uh, so, so I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. He's obviously a, a big, uh, big part of this, uh, of this offensive line and what they want to do. Because we talked about Deshaun Jackson looks phenomenal. They added Macklin Ingram. They've got all these weapons with McCoy and Westbrook. And all. It doesn't really matter if they can't block. It really doesn't. Andre Johnson, phenomenal wide receiver. He always has been. Yeah, he didn't get noticed for three, four years because David Carr was on his back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if this offensive line has no continuity and they can't get it done. You may be looking at the end of reading McNabb because I don't see how the team succeeds with a bad yeah. offensive line. You, you think they can do it? No, no team can can succeed with a bad offensive line. I mean, you saw where the Cardinals' success this year. They were always everyone's sleeper pick. Watch out for the Cardinals because of all the weapons they had on on offense. The problem they had no offensive line, and even with a guy like uh, now it, back then it was it was Liner who. Uh, but Leinart had great upside, and he was throwing to Fitzgerald and Bolden, and he had a edge in the back and all that stuff, and everyone wanted to say they were going to be great because they had all the weapons. The weapons mean nothing if they can't get the ball off and they can't execute a play. It all starts up front. If the guys up front can't do it, the guys behind them definitely can't get anything done. That's true, and actually Pittsburgh was an aberration because they really want to inspire that offensive line. So I guess it can be done. I don't know that I would put my chips on a team with a bad offensive line. I think the Steelers' defense was so good, uh, and they were able to make enough plays on offense that they were able to get away with it. Um, but I don't know, especially for a team that likes to pass so much. You know, at least Pittsburgh relied on the run a little bit. This is a yeah. team that likes to pass, and they just can't win with McNabb flat on his back because he can't run like he used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Bob, what else did you see at camp? What, else, what was alarming to you? What did you see that was – Todd really shocked you on the negative side. Todd Harriman's. He has not looked good. He has been getting beat around the around the edge big time. Now I know he's playing left tackle right now and not guard his natural spot, but uh well not his natural spot, but the spot he's been playing. Left tackle is actually his natural spot, which is kind of alarming. But uh yeah, he's been getting beat big time around the edge, uh, and maybe his head's not in it because, you know, he's running around with uh, Juqua Parker. So, yeah, well, he's been high, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some leeway, but high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you know, is his head in it? Because if it's not, Dick, you find, can Nick Cole play left guard too? Because I don't know about, he doesn't seem to have his head in it, and if he doesn't, I mean, you remember uh, a couple of years back when he had that real down year. And uh, they suffered because of it. So I don't, I don't know about Harriman's. He he has me worried. True. Uh, worried at the tackle spot, guard not yet. Um, but he is playing a position he hasn't played in a while. And yes, I, he he's been getting torched. I mean that that 
that much we know. I don't worry about that, but that kind of goes back to what we were saying with you got backups in there, you got guys playing out of position. They haven't played together. Even the starters have not played together. You know, they need to get Jason Peters in there. They need to get him used to playing with Harriman's next to him. Let them form a unit because the offensive line is less about individual talent. I mean, look at the Colts. Look at the Giants. Giants have the best offensive line in football still. Individually, they have some good players, but their real strength is as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. if the Eagles can get this, these guys together playing as a unit, now, now they have individual talent and athletes actually working together, and that's where they can really be dominant. But, you know, if, you, if, if Sean Andrews isn't there, if Peters isn't in there, guys are playing out of position, how do you get that continuity? I don't know that you can. That's and, tough. Yeah. You know, it, it, is this the year? Last, You know, one year they didn't have a punt returner. One year they didn't have a fullback. This better mm-hmm. not be the year they don't have an offensive line. Yeah, that would – I'm not – I'm not worried to that degree yet because I think the backup guys will come in. And, uh, you know, Juan Castillo is such a good coach on that front line that I think, uh, you know, you'd have some bumps, but I think they could pull it off. But it would be I, nothing like if you could get Peters and Andrews out there. It's a totally different line. I agree completely, Bob. And we'll talk. We will continue this on the other side. This is Voice America Sports. G Cobb in the house. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. Owen Hodge Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective. That'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our Huge selection. Enormous variety. One-stop shopping. Everything under one roof. 
or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like... See store for details. Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply. No purchase necessary. We'll try to convince you that our product will give you... Leaner, tighter abs in minutes. A perfect smile. Porcelain veneers. Freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. If you want to get in on the conversation, call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, G. Cobb in the house, Voice America Sports. Dot com. Uh, we got our buddy G. Cobb back with us. And G, uh, we're on also with Bob Cunningham, a contributor to gcobb.com. Uh, G, we were just talking about the Eagles' offensive line and how it's pretty much in disarray right now. I mean, I know it's early. It's very early. You know, we still got guys coming back, you know, injuries, guys playing out of place. What's your take on the offensive line right now? What's your level of concern uh, regarding this offensive line? Well, you know, I'm concerned because well, number one, uh, because you don't have your you don't have your top people there, you know, and uh, you know, with, with Jason Peters, you know, I think he's going to be all right, but I expected him to be practicing by now. Uh, he hasn't practiced. Uh, of course, Sean hasn't practiced, and he's still uh, kind of questionable about Sean. I will say though, I have seen him working out on the the stepper uh, over at the. Um, at the facility, which is a, good, is, is a good sign. You know, that means he's, he is doing some exercise because they said prior to that, you know, he hadn't done anything. And, of course, you know, for him to get back, you want to see that, um, you want to see the whole, uh, you know, thing start at least with the rehabilitation. If he's not doing anything, then you know he's not rehabilitating. So he is doing that. That's a good sign, I think, uh, because you know what type of player he can be. So that's really not the issue. The issue is, you know, he's got to be healthy. And, of course, last year he missed all of that time. So I'm concerned about him more so than I am Jason Peters. Uh, but uh, there's still – I'd like to see an offensive line working together because on the offensive line there are times when they see something, when something happens, and you don't have time to talk about it before the ball snaps. So you've got to be able to kind of – anticipate what your guy next to you is going to do. And if you can't do that, then, you know, you're open to making mistakes. And, of course, you know, one, one mistake on the offensive line could end the season. So that, for that reason, I'm concerned. And, and I, I am uh, I'm, I'm more concerned about that than any other area of the offense because I really like what I'm seeing. And the other areas, I think, uh, of course, uh, with the receivers, I think they're doing fine. I think they're well on their way to being an outstanding group. I think the same is true with the way Brian Westbrook looks like he's uh, coming back and everything. So 
The one place I'm concerned about is the offensive line. Right. Now, okay, and I'll ask both of you this, G, uh, answer this first. If educated guess uh, for both of you guys, what percentage of a chance is there that Peters and Andrews are ready for opening day at the tackle spots? I'd say right now it, it should be, uh, you know, it, it all comes down to Sean. So I, I would say 80%, I think. I, you know, I, when I, once I saw him start working out, that, that made me feel better. But I'd say 80%. All right, Bob. Bob, what says you? Eighty yeah, percent was was about what I was thinking, and uh, yeah, yeah, like like uh, like Cobb said, I'm not real worried about about Peters. I think you know he's got to work through his problems uh, physically, and he'll be back. I don't think that's a question. Andrews is a bit more alarming because you throw in the mental problems uh, that he's had, uh, and you question his drive for the game and all that. But uh, I think he should be. I think you should be fine for opening week. Well, you guys are more optimistic than I. I got it around 50 or 60%. Something says that's not going to be right. Not, not for the whole season, I don't think that. But for opening day, just to, something concerns me a little bit. Now, we talked offensive line. Other side of the ball, a little bit of a development this week. You guys may or may not have heard that Mr. Stuart Bradley is done for the year. And, uh, you know, I've heard he might not be ready for next season either. Um, so Joe Mays comes in. He's the kind of the guy right now. How, how big of a, of a deal is it to lose Stuart Bradley, especially when you consider that other than Bradley, these linebackers are very pedestrian. You know, how, how big of an impact is, is this going to have, Jay? Well, you know, I think initially, you know, uh, looking at Bradley, uh, you were thinking, you know, impact player. That, that's what I was thinking when I was seeing Stuart Bradley this year because he's, he's seen everything. Now – He's ready to take the next step in his progression to be an impact player, meaning to be an all-pro level of middle linebacker. And he's very versatile and things. So it, it definitely is a, is a, a drop-off. Uh, how much, we won't know until they get well into the season. But uh, they're, they're definitely going to miss him. And the thing about it is we haven't seen and really were never able to see the Stuart Bradley that they're going to miss because – I think he was going to play at a level this year that he didn't play on last year. Uh, he, even the guy last year is going to be a drop-off from what they're going to get this year. But uh, I, I don't think that um, – I, I think they can still win with them. Let's put it this way. They can win with, uh, uh, with Joe Mays and Omar Gaither. They can still win with those guys uh, in the middle. The big thing is, can they win a championship with them, see, and, and that, you know, uh, of course, you'd feel better if you had Bradley, but uh, I think, they'll, you know, they'll have no problem making the playoffs and all that, but the, the whole thing is going to come on, you know, uh, when you wanted Bradley, when Bradley might have been able to make a big play to turn a game around in the playoffs. We'll have to wait and see whether, you know, Mays or Gaither can do that uh, when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you can make the argument, too. They, they definitely can win a championship with those guys, and I'll tell you what, I don't – they aren't the question mark for me. They'll be fine if I think I think it just puts more pressure on the D line. As we saw the Giants won in 07, I, you know, Kavika Mitchell played well. Antonio Pierce is nice. He's not what he used to be. They didn't have great linebackers. But when that front four eats everybody up, the seven guys behind them get that much better. Bob, do you think they can win? Is, is it more on the defensive line or is it on the backups at linebacker? Yeah, I think I, I would say it's on the defensive line because uh, that's the that's been the problem over the past couple of years. I think is that uh, the front four have not gotten enough pressure. Uh, you know, Bunkley 
uh, is not the pass rushing inside presence that they thought he was going to be. Now he's made up for that. It's a fantastic run stopper, so that's not a knock on Bunkley. It's more just he's uh, got a different forte than what they were expecting out of him. So uh, the the inside pass rush has has lacked a bit, and the linebackers have had to make up for it. That was uh, most prevalent, I think, in the, the NFC Championship game. The front four really got no pressure, and and then the linebackers looked lost in coverage. So, but I, I'm not real worried. Um, I think uh, I think Mays and Gaither are both going to get their snaps at at middle linebacker, and uh, I think the two of them together, and I think uh, Kong, um I think he's ready to take another step. Uh, I'm not real worried about it. Of course, it's always a big deal when you lose talent because. Bradley was a talented guy, and a loss of talent is always a bad thing. But, yeah, I think they have the depth uh, with Mays and Gaither to, to make up for it. Okay, now, G, you're a linebacker. Now, what's more important for you, for this defensive line, if you're one of these backup linebackers or a starter, whatever it is, what's more important for you? Is it more important for them to get pass rush, or is it more important for that D-line to occupy the front guys so that the linebackers can run around and make plays? Because Erlacher is phenomenal when he's got those two defensive tackles up front occupying people. Is it more important for them to get pass rush or to, to occupy the blockers so the linebackers can fly around? Well, you know, it, you, you're talking about both the you know passing game and the running game. You know, uh, in the running game, of course, the defensive line occupies uh, blockers. Uh, in the passing game, they got to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, it, it's more important to put pressure on the quarterback. I mean, the running games, are, you know, it's great stop the running game or not stop the running game. But we've seen over the years with Jim Johnson, really, it's more important to put pressure on the quarterback. They pay guys millions and millions to get pressure on the quarterback because games are decided by the passing game. So uh, it's more important for those guys to, to get in the quarterback space to allow the, the linebackers to make plays. And this year, uh, was, you know, I was hoping that Stuart Bradley would catch some of those passes he dropped last year because the guy uh, probably dropped maybe three, four uh, interceptions. Right. Uh, and, and I thought this year, if he gets in place again, he would get the chance to make those plays and catch the ball. And that really would be opening the door for him to be a, a Pro Bowler. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But defensive line, pressure on the quarterback, that's the most important thing for the defense. Now, and here's another big question, too. Um, when we talk about Jim Johnson, everyone, the first thing people talk about is blitz. But one of the things we know he did really well, he was good at knowing his guys and how to put them in position to make plays. How quickly, how well do you think Sean McDermott's going to be able to step in and recognize even some of the guys, like a guy like Joe Mays, that maybe he doesn't know as much about? How confident are you in his ability to recognize the talent and put them in position to succeed? Uh, you're, you're, you're talking to me or you're talking to uh, Bob? Uh, we'll start with you, G, and then, then Bob, you answer after G. Well, you know, I can't say I'm very confident in that. I mean, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, I went to um, or talked to some of the guys after they came out of uh, Coach Johnson's memorial today. And uh, I was going to wait, but I might as well say this right now. From what I've learned, you know, Sean McDermott's first game coaching the Eagles' defense was the NFC Championship game because Jim Johnson wasn't himself. You know he was tired. He was, you know, uh, he, he really wasn't able to do everything that he's done in the past and preparing for that game. And that was the first time that 
you know, you really had Sean McDermott making decisions, and obviously he made a lot of the wrong ones. And so, you know, I, I don't see how people can be all confident about him because we haven't seen him do it. Now, he does know some of the formula, but a lot of the things that, uh, that Jim Johnson did were things he did off of experience. They, he did things out of his gut. He did things that he would pull something back that maybe he saw 15 or 16 or 20 years ago or 30 years ago and use a defense that, you know, hadn't been used for, in a long time. So that's why, you know, I wanted them – they should have done more to get Derek Burgess. they got to get pressure on the quarterback or – it's very simple that you're going to put a lot of pressure on Sean McDermott, and really you're putting pressure on the offense too. But even though I, you know, I think the offense is going to have to have to carry this team, uh, and and we'll see what happens with the defense. Absolutely, and Bob, the question I'll kind of change a little bit for you. What's the bigger concern for you? How Sean McDermott handles this defense, or the offensive line on the other side of the ball? What's the bigger concern for the Eagles right well, now? Well, you know what? Uh, you got the break coming up, so I'll tell you what. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get that question from Bob on the other side, but uh, we'll be back with you guys in a minute. Okay. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back no questions asked let's face it the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes the team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful the fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be but how do you make them faster after all like many coaches maybe you were told that you can't teach speed that an athlete is either born with it or they're not right wrong arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance the level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills instead it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport speed put latif thomas and his team to work for you visit completespeedtraining.com or call toll free 877-510-3278 that's 877-510-FAST there has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting and right now you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television and you can learn it at home with brock ray's outdoor videography school Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals and it all comes to you in a six DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right when you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques you can submit your video to us and if it gets chosen your segment might appear on our nationally televised better Built's world of outdoors we will pay you for using your video call now at 205-625-5480 we invite you to visit our website at outdoorvideoschool.com start your career in television now 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. G Cobb back with you and uh, being joined by my co-host, uh, Michael Warren, and one of the contributors to GCOB.com, Bob Cunningham, on the, is on the line. And uh, we, we really kind of uh, left. We're talking about, you know, a, uh, a really a deal that, that didn't work out for the Eagles but worked out for the New England Patriots. The Patriots were able to acquire Derek Burgess, uh, who has been a Pro Bowl uh, defensive end. He played with the Eagles previously, was drafted by the Eagles, and then was signed as a free agent by the Raiders, and it really kind of blossomed there. He had a lot of injuries when he was with the Eagles, but he really blossomed in Oakland and uh, become, became disenchanted, uh, wanted a new contract, wanted to get away from Oakland. Uh, the Patriots were able to grab him with the, uh, I believe it was a third-round pick and, and a, a fifth-round pick uh, in, a, in a couple years. So uh, next year's draft, the third-round pick and the fifth round uh, in 2011. So uh, I, I wondered what you guys thought about that the Eagles weren't able to come down with that pick. I mean, well, weren't, I weren't able to come down with that with that trade. I guess uh, it depends on the player they, they wanted to give up. Uh, obviously, it was, wasn't better than a fifth. You know, my biggest concern is, yeah, the Eagles, it would have been nice for them to make a run at him. He'd fit better with the Eagles playing the end. My bigger concern is, and Bob, I want to know what you think about this, too. Now the Patriots are at 3-4. They're going to have him standing up. I wonder. I mean, yeah, I guess he could do it. I mean, a third to fifth might be a lot for a guy that, that hasn't really done that a lot. I mean, are you, are you confident that he's going to be able to step into the Patriots and fill that role? See, that, that is a, that's a big thing. It's a big difference having your hand in the ground and rushing from the outside. And now I had heard that it was a third and a fifth. Uh, I guess Michael Lombardi said that, but I was hearing from a, uh, Adam Schefter, that it might have even been more than that. I don't know if it's been confirmed what they gave up or not. But uh, Schefter, yeah, Schefter, Schefter was uh, saying they might have given up uh, a second-round pick for uh, for Derek Burgess. But uh, I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. If they gave up a second for him, way too much, way, far too much. Third and a fifth might have been a bit too much in my eyes for a 32-year-old defensive end, now an outside linebacker. In Belichick's defense... I'm not real worried about him because, I mean, Belichick, if he can take a scrub and put him out there and make him an all-star, he can take Derek Burgess and make him an all-star. Now, so, now, now let, me, let, let, me, let me jump in real quick. You know, one of the things about Burgess is that and the reason I think that Belichick was so inter- interested is he's versatile. He really can do some of the things they ask their line, outside linebackers to do. Uh, remember some of the people they have playing on the outside linebacker, I mean, um, Brabel, you think he's as good as, as good as an athlete as Brabel was? I think he's as good as, as good an athlete. Uh, sure. But you know, the, the big thing that they're looking at is the the, um, the Patriots know they can score, uh, and they figure if they can score and they can get press pressure on you, you can't beat them uh, because you know they're going to score some points. 
And once they get up on you, if you can't protect your passer, if, if they can get to the passer, then it's going to be very difficult to beat them. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's why they looked on him uh, as him being so uh, important to them because, uh, you know, he's, he's a pass rusher. He's another pass rusher. And the thing about them, and, and, and I'll just uh, leave it at this, is that they're going after a Super Bowl. Simple as that. They're trying to win the Super Bowl. They're not thinking about anything else. Uh, you notice that the people they went out and got, and really the Patriots kind of do things a little differently than the Eagles. They're not thinking so much draft picks. They're thinking of winning the Super Bowl. If they have to go out and get some older guys and they can get one year out of the guy, then they're thinking of doing that and trying to win the Super Bowl. And, and that's their mentality, you know, and, um, you know, you could like, you could agree with it or not agree with it, but I, I think that's the mentality of Belichick uh, and that group up there. Well, yeah, and they're not, they're not that far apart from the Eagles in terms of what they're looking to do. You know, McNabb is not a kid. Uh, Brady's not a kid. Randy Moss isn't a kid. Uh, you know, they're looking to do it now because they know, I mean, how many more years are you going to get out of Randy Moss at this level? And he's a big part of what they want to do on offense. He's a big reason between Super Bowl contender and not. I mean, they made the move. Do you think this is an example of Belichick saying, I want to win now, and Andy Reid doesn't? I mean, don't you think he would have upped the offer to do what he took, especially after the Juquay Parker incident? Well, you know, I, mean, I, I, I personally, I think that, um, you know, the, the Eagles have a formula. You know, there are certain things they don't do um, with regard to uh, making trades and things, and they're also going to balance out now compared to the future. That's the way they believe in doing it, the Eagle way. Uh, and the Patriot way is a little different. I mean, if you look at the Patriots, you see that they, uh, uh, who is that I'm thinking about? The, the veteran receiver they signed this year, um, Galloway. Uh, yeah, Galloway. I mean, come on. How much How much football does Galloway have in him? But they know he's got deep speed, and they figure, well, if, if he's got deep speed and you got Randy Moss on the other side, and, and uh, you know, they got the little guy running around in the middle, you got to cover him. Well, for uh, Also, of course, uh, you saw they, they signed him a veteran back that a lot of people would have wanted nothing to do with. But that's the way Belichick, you know, he, he believes in that. And um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, uh, be a married. They need that guy to get his behind, you know, healthy and get back out there and, and, and start playing. Now, I know he's banged up, but when, when it's an upper body injury, you still really can play. You know, and I, would, I wanted to see a be a married, and I want to see him out there soon practicing. Yeah, and he could be the key to this defense. I mean, I know it's putting a lot on him, but when he's in there, he's proven he can play. The guy can play, but he's always got something wrong. I mean, how much more time do we give him before eventually you just say this guy's a bust? We can't continue to rely on him because that left defensive end spot, you got a guy that's always hurt. You got one guy smoking pot. Uh, you know, Parker wasn't an every down guy anyway. He, I mean, he's going to wear down in the, by November anyway if he has to be out there the whole time. So that, that left defensive end spot was very important to maybe add Burgess in there. It's, it really is a question mark. And being Miri also, he's the biggest defensive end. He plays the run pretty well. Was he 278, something like that? You know, he's a, he, he could be a huge key. If he's out there, he can help stop the run. If he can help some pass rush, he could be a big difference uh, as to whether this defense succeeds or not. I'm sure McDermott would love it and help him out a little bit. You know, Bob, Bob, would you agree with that? Is, is he a bigger – who's a bigger question mark, Bob, uh, Bia Mary or Joe Mays? Uh, oh, boy. I like giving you the tough questions, Bob. I, I want to yeah. challenge you a little bit here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you have to say Joe Mays because – we haven't seen him on the field with the starters. We've seen a Amiri on the field with the starters. 
Uh, overall, I have to long. say Joe Mays, but for this year, maybe you say a B. Amiri because you haven't seen him at all this year. He's so frustrating. You know, it's like he was going to almost be handed that starting job, and he, he blew it. Well, yeah, by <laughs> getting hurt for sure. And yeah. speaking of another Notre Dame guy, you know, what can we expect out of Trevor Laws this year? I mean, did anybody, did either of you guys see a ton out of Trevor Laws last year that made you think, wow, this guy's really good? He was out on the field quite a bit. I mean, what, what did he really do? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, uh, when I go, when I walk by him over there at practice, you know, they got the rehabilitation uh, team. Uh, and, uh, you know, the starters on the rehabilitation team are Victor B. Mary and Trevor Laws, and both of them have to be from Notre Dame. I'm, uh, you know, but, but you know, hopefully they get healthy uh, because you know that they can play somewhat. We'll see how good they can be, but you'd like to see both of them take the next step, you know, to, uh, to be the kind of players that uh, the Eagles drafted them to be. But, uh, you know, that, that's what you want to see, and they got, you know, they both have talent. And Abia Mary, uh, just like Bradley, uh, you know, you, you draft the talented players that you know can play, and you want to see them go ahead and start that progression, you know, to be, uh, you know, eventually be Pro Bowl, as you would hope. Uh, and Bradley was well along that, and, of course, he got hurt. And uh, Abia Mary, you know, you, you got to feel like, you know, um, you know, this guy, he, uh, he needs to give you something. And, you know, the big thing is I, I want to see him out there practicing. So, you know, we'll see, but. You guys go ahead and continue. I, I got to run. But, um, you know, I, um, before I go real quick, let, let me just say that it was a tremendous um, memorial service for Jim Johnson. Um, uh, the guys just uh, spoke so highly of, of him. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, former players, I mean, some of the people there, Al Harris uh, came back. Uh, Bobby Taylor was there. Troy Vincent. Um, uh, in, in, and Duque Kalu was there. Uh, you had the John Harbaugh was there, uh, Steve Spagnola. Uh, you had, of course, Andy Reid and, and, and his family. And uh, you had, uh, let's see, you know, of course, all the Eagles people, uh, the Eagle people there currently there. But you, you had Jeremiah Trotter was, was there. You know, all the guys there. And uh, uh, they, you know, it's talking about Jim and, and all the contributions he made to all of these guys, not just as football players, but as people. And you can't say enough about uh, Jim and the kind of guy he was. And, uh, you know, it's it's just part of uh, one of the things that really shows you uh, that the whole football thing uh, is about much more that you got these people there. And it's really a family. And and Jim really had a family, and uh, uh, the guys really miss him and, and really spoke highly of him. But uh, th- that's going to do it for me. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about Jim some more in the future, but uh, you guys continue. I'll talk to everybody else later. All right, Jake. Take care. We'll see you soon, and we will see you guys on the other side of the break. Voice America Sports, G-Cobb in the house. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes on from high school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you currently having trouble paying your mortgage 
Are you in an adjustable rate mortgage or possibly in foreclosure? If you've been late once, have already received a letter from your lender with intent to foreclose, or even have a share of sale notice, you need to contact the professionals at New Hope Modifications. They are experts in helping people behind on their mortgage, in foreclosure, or even who are on time, but know that rate will be adjusting and will cause them problems in the future. Call New Hope Modifications today at 888-NO-DEBT-9. That's 888-663-3289 and talk to one of their modification experts. New Hope is staffed with professionals that have years of experience in customer service and the mortgage industry. Our branch managers take pride in giving every customer the attention and support that they may need in this crucial time of their life. You are not alone, and New Hope is the company that you can trust to help you save your home or assist in getting you a payment you can handle. Give them a call right now at 888-663-3289. Again, that number, 888-663-3289, and put your trust in New Hope. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? Geek Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and I'm joined by GCob.com contributor Bob Cunningham. And uh, we got a little disagreement on something. Something happened this week with the Eagles that you don't see all the time. I mean, we hear coaches, uh, you know, get on the media for this and that. You wrote this. This was, you know, this is a little bit different. Um, Andy Reid always likes to, you know, he'll come out and he'll give you the injuries, and he's always told the media, you know, just, just, Deal with me on the injuries. And, and he's not the only coach that wants to do like that. You know, there's a lot of coaches that just, just talk to me. Don't talk to my assistants. Don't talk to the interns. Don't talk to anybody. This is, you know, I'll, I'll sh- you, you keep your mouth shut from everybody else, and, and I'll shoot you straight on the injuries. Well, when Stuart Bradley went down, uh, the report surfaced that, you know, he had the torn ACL, he was out, and it didn't come from Reed initially. 
So he got a little upset, and he sat down with the media and said, you know, I, I've shot you guys straight from day one. Uh, you know, you deal with me on the injuries. Just leave everybody else alone. And he says, well, that part was breached. So now I'm going right to the rest of the press conference. He was skipping injuries. One media member asked, he said, well, you know, not, not everybody went behind your back. You know, why do we get punished too? So he says, well, peer pressure is a great thing, and uh, that's the way to do it. So, you know, you discuss with your colleagues. Now, my take on this is read the with the wrong people. And I'll tell you why. The media has a job to do. They have to get that information, you know, especially with all the blogs and the Internet, radio. All, the, the media is completely different. It's a very immediate media right now. Everybody wants it now because you want to be the guy that has the scoop. You want the guy to be, have it first. So you, I don't see how you can blame the media for essentially just doing their job. If someone wants to talk to them, well, that's, you know, Reed's problem to me should be whoever leaked it. He's got to let everybody know you don't say a word or it's your job. If it's that important, that's the deal. He's got to be angry at his own people. He got mad at the media for essentially trying to do their job, punish people that had nothing to do with it, that even went by his rules. And that's kind of a misplaced anger, I think. You know, deal with your own people. You tell them not to let it leak. And, Bob, what's your take on this? Why, why, was, me, why was he correct to come after the media? My, my thing with, uh, with the media is uh, now, like you said, he should be going after his own people and finding out, you know, who who talked, who leaked, and they should be, you know, if he's if he is that stern about it, fired, suspended, something. My thing though is, the media wants to have their cake and eat it too. They want, uh, you know, because he said, "I'll give you injuries," like he said, "I'll give you injuries, just don't talk to my people and all that." It's a simple request. Don't talk to my people. They went behind his back. They talked to his people, called the player personally, and I, I think that was out of line. But now they want him to, uh, then they want to complain that he doesn't give them anything. But the thing that he does give them, they want to mess that whole, that whole deal up. Then they'll complain that, that, that he doesn't give them injuries. I, well, I think they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Okay, well, well the, the complaint too is that, that they didn't give him enough. I think in general we agree he doesn't. Uh, he, he keeps it close to the vest, but I will say with injuries, I'll give you that. He's he's pretty honest about the injuries. When you look around at guys like Belichick and Mangini, Belichick will lie through his teeth to the league and to the media. Oh, and that's a violation. That's a, that's that's against league rules. You can mm -hmm. get in big trouble for doing that. I don't know if you remember the uh, was it last year with the Mangini press conference, and they asked him about a certain guy, and he said it's a leg, and they said, mm -hmm. well, ankle, thigh, it's a leg, because could you be more specific? It's a leg. And, you know, that's. Andy Reid, I don't see doing something like that. What other areas, yeah, he gives you, I don't want to get into all that. And he is yeah. pretty straightforward with the injuries. But how many times have we heard a player on any team, how many times have we heard a player on a team ask, well, how's the knee? Uh, I've been asked not to talk about that. And they'll, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. I've been asked not to talk about that. So why in this situation couldn't these guys have said, look, I'm not allowed to talk about that? Why isn't it on them not to give the information? Because if the media can get it, we know they're going to get it, more so than ever. Well, and that that is actually when they tried to call Bradley. Uh, I don't I don't remember who exactly called Bradley, so I'm not I'm not going to name names because I don't exactly remember. But uh, the first time, the first person who called Burkholder, I guess, answered his phone and said, "All injuries go through the head coach. Can't give you anything." Someone else called Bradley, answered, gave the same thing. So Bradley wasn't giving it up. It had to be someone inside. I don't think it was a player. It was probably a personnel guy. Uh, you know, who maybe he's new, didn't get the memo, don't talk about injuries. 
It could have been his wife, who's not under any obligation. I mean, yeah. I don't even know if he's married, but I'm saying, you know, it could be a friend, it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know that, in- that information is going to get out. But, I mean, yeah. all right, Bob, now, you, now you, you write for gcom.com. You have your own site, 2 minutes to midnight greencom mm-hmm. If you were given the opportunity to get that information before anybody else, would you have said, would Bob Cunningham have said, sorry, I can't report that because I'm waiting for Andy Reid? See, now it would have been tough. Of course it's tough. It's tempting. It's tempting because in the media, like you said, everything's about getting, getting the scoop first. Ah, see, and I think these I'd guys don't it, look Bob, long-term. I'd, admit it, I'd have done it. I'd have taken the information and I'd have posted it. See, now, I, I, I don't think I would have because I would have wanted information from Reed in the future. Um, I would want him to, to disclose things to me uh, later on. And, I mean, was, is this one story worth sacrificing the other stories that are going to come later? Is one story worth the rest of them? You've got to weigh that. So I, I personally, I don't think I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can just you wait that extra hour and put it up. Man, I just have a tough time believing that if I got the, a guy, if I got a hold of this story and posted it, that he's never going to give injuries for the rest of the season to punish everybody. See, that's another uh-huh. thing I don't get too. Even if you wanted, okay, let's look at it at a different angle. Then he knows who broke the story. I think Eskin is actually the one that broke the story. I don't know if he's the one that got all the information. I think he's the one that broke it on WIP. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one that got the information. Eskin's got a lot of sources. He does. Mm-hmm. Should Reed then say, you, you're the one that broke my, my rules. I'm taking your media pass. I mean, that's not going to bar that person from having access to the Eagles. That's what the phone's for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what if you take the media pass? He's not allowed to training camp. He doesn't get into practices. What if you punish individual people? The idea of not giving anyone information on injuries because mm-hmm. one or two people broke, quote-unquote, his rules, mm-hmm. is it fair to punish everybody? Why does everybody get punished when, let's say, okay, like the example we use you, Bob. You said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait because I want to get it from Reed. Mm-hmm. You're punished, too. The other guy's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's almost like the steroid issue. Well, if I want to keep up and keep my job and keep my, my scoops, and I want to be the guy, I want to be Jay Glazer, I want to be Adam Schefter, i got to do that. Mm-hmm. Or you can be the guy that's posting everybody else's information. Is, should he have just handled that one person differently? Why does the entire local media get punished there? The problem is, is that's the only way to do it. That's the only way to do it. You can't tell those two guys, you and you put on earmuffs and sing, hum to yourself so you can't hear my press conference. You can't do it. The only way to do it is to punish everyone and put peer pressure on those guys from the other media saying, hey, you know, we want to hear something too. Quit going behind his back and messing it up for the rest of us. It's like a football team. They say one guy messes up, the whole team messes up. Yeah, make the media run laps, right? Look, Bob, I want to thank you for coming on. I think that's our time for this week. Uh, We'll be back next week, same time, 7 to 8 Eastern time on VoiceAmericaSports.com, GCOB. In the house, I want everybody to have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.